T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And boy, do we have an episode for you today. I will give all credit to the creation of said episode and what is going to turn into a series within the podcast to my brilliant co-host Patrick Harris. It's just a just a stupid thought that popped into my brain last night. It may be a stupid thought, but we are excited about it for ourselves and we're excited for how it's going to come across in the podcast because one of our favorite episodes was similar to this idea mm-hmm. and it allows us to uh, try a lot of beer and share a lot of beer and breweries with you at the same time. So what we're going to call it is the tasting room. And the tasting room. Yes. The, and we now enter the scary door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sing, sing. Uh, we're going to call it the tasting room, and we'll do it every once in a while. It's not going to be like every month kind of thing, although, I mean, maybe if we like it that much, we will. But basically, the premise behind this is every week, there are new beers that are put on the shelves at, at bottle shops and, I mean, tap rooms all across the city. And we're going to highlight four or five of them and drink a little bit of each and talk about them and just share what's new because we've been doing a lot of stuff where we talk about stuff that's been old and stuff that we love and styles and kind of go go into the well a little bit. And this kind of gives us a chance to experiment because, I mean, I haven't had any of these beers and you've had one of these beers, right? I had one of them last year's batch, but it's back this year. Right. I'm always curious how it is again. So for us, this is almost as if we're doing a beer of the week the entire podcast, except it's five of them plus a beer of the week later. So, you know, if we get a little loopy at the end of the podcast... You'll understand why, but uh, we're going to do this just every once in a while when uh, we want to just try some of the new beers on the shelves, and hopefully it gives you guys something new to, to go find and drink, too. I think this is going to be really cool, and what excites me about it is it's you kind of mentioned it. It's kind of like an extended beer of the week sort of thing, and I know when I choose, uh, when it's my turn to do beer of the week and I choose, I do tend to find something like this, but I remember I was somewhere, we, we keep talking about this animal cookies from Block 15, and I've had it, and... I had a can that I thought was really gross, and then I had a couple pints, and I thought it was really good. So I couldn't I really. I couldn't find it anywhere I went today. Yeah, so. and I, I, I'm sure we'll we'll find it at some point. But it was kind of just this idea of what if, you know, especially especially as the the weather's getting nicer and the summer's coming around and people are more excited to drink and things like that, that this would be a cool opportunity to just kind of dive in and taste some other stuff without having to. You know, save. I've got five beers in front of me right now, and save these for f- ten weeks of beer of the week, sort of thing, right? Because they're my choices, quote unquote. So I just thought it'd be fun to kind of get into this. There's some beers here I expect to be really good. There's some beers here I kind of expect to be bad, if I'm being honest. And I hope I'm right, and I hope I'm wrong at the same time. So we're gonna start that here in a second, and it's just keep an eye out for this. Uh, every once in a while, we'll be doing this, and then keep an ear out too, see if you find anything that sounds appealing to you. You can find this podcast. Most places that you can find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Radio.com, 1080thefan.com, and Stitcher. Uh, Every Thursday at around 4 o'clock, this drops. And uh, you can also find us on social media where we post the podcast and we tease it with some pictures, which I just posted right now on my Twitter, at MikeLynch27. And I believe Patrick posted on his Instagram, at PDD085, or Will. I will. And after we're done recording the podcast. So that's where you can find us as well as the podcast. And feel free to reach out to either of us with thoughts on the pod, uh, beers that you're drinking. I've been getting more of those recently, so thank you for sending them my way. I really, really think it's cool to to have you guys share what you're drinking. And uh, one listener just shared with me yesterday that he was down in San Diego, went to Ballast Point. I got the same. As per my suggestion. And uh, that was uh, that was pretty cool to see. So thank you for sending that. And keep keep those coming. We, we both really, really like it. And uh, just reach out to us about anything beer on social media. It's uh, 
it's a cool way to chat about one of our favorite things in this earth. I don't know if you got this one from Blake, who is a yes. constant listener and <clears throat> also listens to our radio show, too. So thank you for that, Blake. And uh, the, the, my favorite one that, that he sent was uh, the Ballast Point Mosaic Pale. Delicious. Seven fifty a pint, though. Thumbs down. Oh, he just <laughs> he didn't send me that. He sent me that picture that you're showing me, the bottom one, mm-hmm. but uh, not the price of the pint. Uh, I mean, hey. You're going to a good brewery, and you're getting a, a fancy beer. Sometimes it costs a little bit of money. Yeah, it looks I like... see people complaining about the price of this, and I'm like, dude, you're getting amazing beer for the most part. Like, it's okay. Seven fifty a pint's pretty tough. I mean, and I'm looking at this glass. I don't even know if that's a sixteen ounce glass. I know, but I think you, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. I think Californians, man, <laughs> ruining it for everybody. That's but that's I... just how that's just how I feel. I saw someone complain about beer prices once, and I was like, go have a Coors Light, then, man. God. <laughs> you spend the same money on getting drunk off Coors Light as you would off craft beer. Right. Except, yeah. 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 Definitely. So uh, that's where you can find us. Do a quick week in beer because I have a feeling this is going to take a bit with these beers. Uh, also, this reminds me of the OG, OG Beers podcast that we did, which was one of our favorites mm-hmm. that we've done. It was a lot of fun to kind of go down the line and, and taste all the different beers. So that's why we're both really excited for this idea as well. My week in beer, I did not have enough of a chance to try enough beers to do a New Jersey podcast. I know we teased that that could be potentially happening this week. I tried a place called Carton Brewing, which my uncle is a big fan of. It's on the Jersey Shore, the most northern part of the Jersey Shore that you can get to called Atlantic Highlands. And uh, he had a couple of their beers in his fridge, and we went out to a place that had their beer on tap. Actually, really quality IPAs for the New Jersey area and the East Coast in general. I tend to find most of the IPAs I get out there a little more Mm -hmm. um, malt-heavy, a little more balanced. But my uncle's a big hophead, and he loves bitter, bitter IPA. So when he actually came out here, uh, we brought him to Breakside and gave him the IPA taster tray, and he was, mm-hmm. like, in heaven. Yeah. Um, so I had that, and they're doing this series where they have different beers with the zip codes of different areas, and it's only available at their brewery or in the zip code of oh, that, cool. that beer. So that was pretty cool. I also tried an Asbury Park Brewery. I think it was just called Asbury Park Brewing. Um, those of you who... No, Bruce Springsteen, no Asbury Park very, very well. He uh, the, bre- the beer was called Sea Dragon, and it was a double IPA. Really, really good. Yeah. So I had two really quality beers, and I had a couple. I went to the Yankee game when I was there. I tried something from Bronx Brewing. Eh, it was okay. I tried something else from another brewery that was in New York City. It was okay. It was more malt-driven IPA stuff than, than what I was getting when I was up down the shore with my uncle, but... Uh, generally a pretty positive trip in, in New Jersey. And there was one bar that he really wanted to bring me to. It was a little Irish bar in the town that they live in. And uh, it was closed for two weeks. And, and I was like, Ugh. small town, small family bar. It's around Easter. It's an Irish bar. It makes sense. But yeah. I was a little sad because I wanted to go try a bunch of beers. Uh, mine's nothing too crazy. Um, let's see. Saturday, I bounced around and I stopped at... Uh, the beer store in Milwaukee, it was their anniversary party, their third anniversary. Coincidentally, is on 420 every year, so that's easy to remember. Yeah. was down there. They had a great tap selection. They kind of pulled in kegs of like all their favorite stuff uh, and had a few beers there. And then I went out with some friends, and I was drinking some pints, and then I decided I needed – I was done drinking craft beer, and I switched to canned Rainiers because I was feeling a little loose. Fast forward like four hours later, and I was just – housed just absolutely <laughs> loaded and i have no idea what happened it's very funny to me how you you are such a craft beer guy but every once in a while this old college kid comes yeah. out and you're all about rainier and miller high life <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden yeah and i think it was just because i was like oh, i'm feeling a little drunk i should probably i want to keep drinking beer but i should probably get something low abv and just swung at the rainier and it, it swung back sunday was <laughs> really <a> hard <laughs> yeah and then the week you know just I, i've got a lot of stuff going on down at the tap room in milwaukee so Kind of keeping that focused on right now. Uh, and we did just release Rainbows and Unicorns, mm. shameless plug. Which we tried that, yesterday, uh, which that, was uh, quite delicious. Yeah, that has been a fun beer and a little, little buzz around the brewery. So everyone... And you're wearing the shirt today, and it's a pretty oh, badass yeah, shirt. I forgot. Uh, and that's always a <clears throat> kind of a pretty exciting moment when a new packaged beer comes out. So that was our Week in Beer. Let us know on social media what you've been drinking this week, what you've been trying, and uh, also... That will lead us right into what we're going to be trying today. In the tasting room. In the tasting room. Uh, So do you want to put this in like what you would put in like a taster tray order? That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I know it's mostly light beers in front of us right here. Yeah, we've got, let's see, we've got two lagers, 
two IPAs and a double IPA, and then our beer of the week is a big one. Yes. I figured we'd save for the end. Uh, but I expect them all to be kind of very different. I'm probably going to go, I think we should go this route. We'll do Ruben's Mexican Lager, which has been packaged before. Okay. Um, but this is the first I've seen it this year, and I remember really enjoying it last year. Uh, I'm a big, big Ruben's guy just in the first place. So we'll start there, and then we'll go to Heater Allen's Bohemian-style Pilsner in a can. And then we'll go to Ruse Brewing. I was at the hanging out with the Ruse boys yesterday. They have a new IPA out for Belmont Station's anniversary, 45th and Stark. Um, that's the one I have had, but I am excited to drink it. And then something crazy that came across that I saw yesterday when I was at the bottle shop kind of looking at some stuff. I can't tell you which part of this is more surprising to me, the fact that Hair of the Dog has a new IPA out or the fact that it's in a 16-ounce can. Hmm. That was they're kind noticing of, the trends. That was kind of surprising. First, first time ever. Well, yeah. Well, as far as I know, they're <laughs> just such an old world. You know, kind of. I, I mean this in the best way, like curmudgeon. Like we make beer the way we like to make beer, and we don't care. And and I kind of like that. It's just a little surprising to see it in cans. So we'll see how that goes. And then uh, this is I the snagged, coolest can of the bunch. Yeah, I snagged uh, Berlick's new. Uh, soft Berlick soft and juicy double yum double hazy IPA, which I expect to. No offense to my boys at Berlick, I expect this to not really enjoy this. But okay, I hope I'm surprised. Well, let's see. Uh, I, I've got three here that I'm excited about, and two that I'm a little nervous about. So we'll see what All happens. Right. Let's start with the Rubens Mexican Lager, though. I have I have actually started to enjoy Rubens when I first saw it on the shelves. I never knew what to make of it because the can and the brand was so simple. Mm-hmm. But it was also um, it was also a brewery I'd never heard of before, and for a while I was really, really strictly doing like Oregon breweries only. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Seattle, I was like, ah, I mean, okay, I'll skip it. And then I started trying Rubens, and I was like, this is really good. They make really quality beer. I'm a really big fan of them. Um, they're probably my favorite brewery in Seattle, um, with no with no back to. You know, Fremont, or and I know people love Cloudburst up there and, and stuff like that. But Rubens is probably my favorite brewery up there. I love going to their spot. I mean, the bag that I brought our beers in, it is a little Rubens tote. And I used to have a, a Rubens Crowler koozie that I lost at a drunken Wazoo game. But uh, yeah, it's, it's probably a, not the first thing you lost yeah, at a drunken Wazoo game. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think my pride's back there with it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I've been a really big fan of this brewery, and their IPAs are really solid. Um, and they've been starting to put out some more lagers lately that I think are really good. They've got a rye IPA out that's that's excellent as well. I haven't seen a whole lot of dark stuff from them or like malt driven stuff from them. I tried, but I'm sure if you go up there, they usually have something like 18 to 20 beers of their own on draft. I think I found some dark beer. I can't remember what it was in in a bottle from them um, that okay. I had. So I can't. I apologies for not remembering what it was, but I do know that they. They send that stuff down here. So this is maybe the clearest beer we've ever tried on this sh- on this podcast so yeah. far. I mean, if you hold it up, it looks like soda. It's mm-hmm. like so clear and bubbly. It looks like Sprite. You know, it's more yellow when you put it down towards the ground, so it looks like beer. But um, I took my first sip. This is one easy drinking mf right here. Mm. And I'm not sure what makes it a Mexican lager because I'm trying to... You know, I don't really know what makes it a Mexican lager. I feel like it's just... And excuse my ignorance on why it is considered a Mexican lager, but I feel like it's just meant to be kind of really, really bright, really crisp, not an overloading, dominating flavor to it. Just kind of a kind of, this is a bad example, but it's kind of a good example. And the same time we're recording this on Thursday, it is like 70 degrees outside and that's what this beer tastes like. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually not a bad point. Um, I'm never a huge, lagers are still like basic lagers are one of the toughest beers for me. The there's, there's a flavor in there. I'm not sure where it comes from that does. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not my favorite flavor in beer. Mm -hmm. And I tasted in this a little bit, but it's so crisp on top of it that I can kind of overlook it and, and really, really enjoy the beer. So if I'm going to give it a critique, it's more of my own personal taste struggles with a flavor that's in basic lagers. But, uh, but this one is so easy drinking. Like this would be perfect to go outside and record right now. Yeah, there's a touch of sweetness to it, which I think complements the crispness as well, and just makes it a little easier going down. Um, yeah, there's no real big hop flavor, hop profile to it. There's no big like 
kind of bready, doughy malt malt characteristic, like we're probably going to see from the Heater Island Pills. But there is a little bit of a, a little bit of a breadiness in the middle of the palate. I feel like I can get that. Yeah, um, I think it's just, I think it's just really clean, really light, crisp, and and ready to rumble. So if you haven't had Rubens. Give it a try, because they make really quality beer. This is a great, as we say, approachable introductory to craft beer. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Like, this this is... has got a little more body than, say, like a Corona or a Tecate, but I think it's got better flavor. And the thing for me is when I drink Mexican-style beers, I tend to go with the darker Mexican beers. Oh, like the Modelo? I like, like Negro, Negro Modelo, and I've had Dos Equis, the Amber, before. Um, well, I should say I've had it before. I've had it many times. <laughs> And I've had Negro Modelo many times. So when I go to Mexican restaurants, I tend to have that. Mm-hmm. And I don't go with the lighter Mexican beers. But I suppose that this would be what I would be expecting if I was getting a lighter Mexican-style beer at a Mexican restaurant. Dig. Is, do you, what are you getting on the smell of it? Because I smell something very distinct. It's Maybe it just smells a little sweet to me. Yeah, but... I get almost like just a, like a touch skunkiness like you would in a Heineken but yeah. not definitely not to that full extent. Maybe that's the there's like a little bit of that flavor in there mm-hmm. that I struggle with. Okay. Cuz I don't like Heineken at all. Right, um, right. I never even when I didn't know craft beer I didn't like Heineken at all. There's yeah, there's I, a flavor in it that doesn't <laughs> sit well in my palate. And I do that's what I think that's probably what it is and maybe maybe that's a negative to you guys out there but I do get a tiny bit of that and I, when I say tiny I mean barely noticeable yeah. in this beer and then it's it's gone. I'm on the other side. I don't mind that flavor. I mean, I don't really drink Heineken either. Um but I have in my life drank in plenty of Heineken. Uh that tends to be like a really skunky beer. And I think there's just a touch on this but I think it's complimentary. Um this I just wonder what what creates that flavor. I'm not sure. I wish I knew. Is it just like a yeast used in lagers or something like that? It could that? be. It could be part of the fermentation process. Could be part of the malt aspect. Uh, to be honest, I don't know that answer. I should know more about Mexican lagers. I just chug them. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time to learn about it. Yeah, you're just like this is really easy drinking. Oh my god, I've had four already. Yeah, yeah. get me another one. It's yeah. fine. Uh, I, oh, the only thing is, is I wish this Mexican lager was in a 12 ounce can and not in a 16 ounce can. The 16 ounce cans all the rage now because you can get uh, your logo on there and you got nice mm-hmm. artwork on there. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoy that it's in a 16 ounce. I just, I just. You don't want a pint of this. No, I want a pint of it, but if I'm sitting outside in the sun drinking it, I don't want it to warm up. Ah. And there aren't many, like, tall well, boy koozies out there. You just told me that you would drink this really fast. I don't think it's going to warm up. I suppose that's true. <laughs> Seriously, like, we would only had a half glass each. We're not pounding beers here, but not even a half glass. We were a little under half. And I just drank that in, like, five sips. It was super easy to drink. Yep. Super smooth. And, uh, yeah, so there, there's number one, Ruben's Mexican Lager. Was there anything on the can that was telling us anything or no? No, I looked. All right. Well, you'll see it. It's kind of got a cool like pinata looking mm-hmm. artwork right right behind the very classic with their classic R. R that they yep. have on there. So. They did a collab logger with uh, Rainier, and it was called R and R, and it had their R and then the Rainier R. It's pretty cool. I think I have some coasters of it at home. That's cool. All right. So beer number two, you said, is the Heater Allen Pills. Yep, it is. I think this is just their flagship Pilsner, I believe, that they've... Uh, looks like Keter Allen's going through a little bit of a rebrand, which I... That's I, interesting. Which which I was kind of, like, scared about because you'd see their bottles, their 500 mil bottles, and they're just so straightforward. Yep. Just be a white label, say Keter Allen, and then in some sort of cursive script, the style of beer. And mm-hmm. that, that font would be a different color. That's what this kind of looks like, right? So, yeah. So when I saw this pop up in cans, I was like, oh, no, don't change, don't change. Oh, that looks nice. Because it's the same thing. It's, it's the same it's Heater Allen. It's the same concept. And the script pills is on the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's just sideways. It's just sideways, yep. And it's in a 16-ounce can. Is this the first? I've never seen Heater Allen in Kansas. Is this the first time you've seen I've, it? Yeah, it's this Pilsner, and then they have a beer out called Das Bier. Um, I almost grabbed that one, but I wanted to do the pills um, just because I know and love this beer okay. a lot. And I was just excited about the can. I think the can really pops Yeah, in color. We have multiple cans that are kind of popping right here. Yeah, 
these are all these all look good, and this might be kind of why I gravitated towards a lot of them because it was like, hey, hey, that looks good. If you didn't listen to it, listen to our brewery branding podcast a couple of weeks ago. It's the truth. It's the truth. Um, so let's see. At Heater Allen, we take no shortcuts in our beer from using the best ingredients to giving our beer extended lagering time. We believe you can taste the difference. Pills is our tribute to the pale hoppy beers first brewed in Bohemia 170 years ago. We use Bohemian Pilsner malts and Czech Saws hops to try and make this beer close to what you might find in Prague. Well, I just took a sip. This beer is unfiltered. Please store and enjoy cold. I like this better than beer number one. If we're going to rank them, this is now ahead of Ruben's Mexican lager. This beer is damn good. Yeah. It is crisp. There is no funk. It is easy drinking. Maybe I just like Pilsners better than lagers, but I... I'm very, very happy with this beer. Well, let's not forget Pilsners are lagers. I forgot that. But they are kind of, they're in like their own little section category. Apologies, sort of I'm an idiot. No, it's okay. It's it's just about fermentation. Um, but this Pilsner, I think, is pound for pound, easily one of the top five Pilsners on the streets, um, if not a top three for me. I mean, don't tell any of my bosses, but I like this Pilsner more than ours. I didn't say that. Our Pilsner's great. I love it. Okay. It's best of all time. Okay. This heater out so, Pilsner. So behind, <laughs> so behind Breakside's Pilsner, if you're ranking them I'm just, all, this I'm just is not a Pilsner two, drinker. They know three. I'm not a Pilsner drinker. Um, but this this one for me, it's like this one, Upright's Engelberg Pils, those are two of my all-time favorite Pilsners. Now, I'm not a Pilsner guy either. I'm not someone who normally drinks it. The, the two Pilsners that got me to actually purchase them after I tried them were Bowie's Pilsner. Mm, and that Czech Pilsner is good. And Freem's Pilsner. Mm. Those two, when I tried them at the brewery, I went, I'll buy those in bottles or cans wherever I find them. Mm-hmm. So those two were really good. That kind of got me into buying Pilsners. And then I've had break size Pilsner as well, obviously. I've had, I think, every beer you guys have done at some point. But um, yeah, this one this one is now shooting up to the top. This is, it's ju- this is like classic beer. Mm-hmm. This is, when you talk about craft beer... And the classic styles of beer, everything that's in this flavor profile is there. There's it's smooth. There's a little bit of the breadiness in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's crisp. It's a it's I should say it's a little bit darker. It's much darker than the Mexican lager, even though it's still see through and yellow. It's just that was so clear. Yeah, compared to this. Um, yeah, try this beer, guys. This is really good. I think what I really like about this pilsner. I think what really makes it talk to me is I'm not a big fan of over bready, over doughy kind of Pilsner malt flavor. Uh, and this has it, but it's a little more subtle as opposed to just being really big. It's also, this this can's fairly fresh. It's like two weeks old. So that's also a big plus. It's really cool. On the bottom it says, finally, <laughs> we're in cans. <laughs> uh, and I don't get too much. Now, despite being a hop lover, I don't get too, this beer isn't over the top hoppy for me for a Pilsner. There's no real, like, hop spice to it, which I get sometimes in Pilsners. Like, Freem is a good example. That is a very hoppy Pilsner. And this one isn't as hoppy, and I think it's just a little more balanced. It's just a little more down-to-earth. It's extremely smooth. It finishes uber clean. There's, But at the very end, because I haven't taken a sip for a minute here, there's a bitterness that's sitting mm-hmm. on the back of my palate, and that's the hops. That's the thing is... Uh, for me, with the, with the with this style of beer, I like the breadiness mm-hmm. because I'm a malt guy, so I yeah. kind of like that profile. But this this has that in spades, but it doesn't leave bready. Right, it's leaving bitter slash hoppy, mm-hmm. which I think means it's just nice and balanced. Yeah, it's leaving you wanting more. I'm gonna take another sip. I too. know I haven't been down to this brewery yet either, and I'd really like to. Lisa's a fantastic brewer down there. She well, isn't that part of our plan? If Block 15 never agrees to do a podcast with us, that we were also going to go to McMinnville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. So we were going to do Block 15 Allegory and Heater Allen, I think is what we were going to well, do. Well, I think the podcast was Block 15, and then we were going to go. Yeah, then we were just going to go to Heater Allen ourselves. and Allegory and just yeah. drink. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll still happen Maybe some we'll point, just right? bail on those idiots and do these guys instead. No, we love you, Block 15. <laughs> You're our white whale. Agree to do it on location with us, please. <laughs> just answer my emails. God, you answered once. I know. Now I'm sad. Now I'm happy, you, though. You I'm going to t- drink Heater Allen Pilsner. <laughs> you too, 5440. Stop ignoring our emails. <laughs> um, yeah, so this okay. So this one's better than the Mexican lager, IMO. Uh, not, th- not to say it's, the Mexican lager is bad, but I am, I am a large fan of this beer. I'll tell you what. If these beers are packaged all summer long, which I imagine the Pilsner from Heater Allen will be, I don't know the length of Ruben's Mexican lager packaging time frame, but uh, 
I will drink these all summer long. All right, let's refresh our palate. We'll take a quick little music break here. And when we come back, we've got three more to try, and then we'll break and then do our beer of the week as well. The last three we're going to be doing, we've got a Ruse IPA, the 45th and Stark. We've got the Hair of the Dog IPA. Polka Dot IPA. And we've got uh, Berylix Soft and Juicy Double Yum Double Hazy IPA. So that's what's left. That's next here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. All right, we got three beers left to go here on our Tasting Room episode number one, which is episode 40, by the way, of Beers on Us. I didn't even say that in the podcast. This is a oh, perfect... we should have brought in 40s. No, we should not have brought in 40s. Oh, we could have done... We, could have we done... both have to go to work. We could have done the Tasting Room with 40s. No. 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 You're not fun. <laughs> 17-year-old Patrick would have been so down. Yeah, 17-year-old Patrick would have passed out on the floor in an hour <laughs> and missed like his job. <laughs> and missed his job. <laughs> yeah, right. Miss, uh, miss student government class or something. <laughs> <laughs> right, 17-year-old Mike hadn't even had a beer yet. That was 18-year-old Mike was when I first had my first beer. But uh, I mean 21-year-old Mike when I first had my first beer. <laughs> Always 21. 21. I was 21 for five years. Yeah, I only, uh, I only drank malt liquor straight for five years, and then I, <laughs> then I moved to beer. St. Ides 40s, that's, that's what I had. All right, so this is the Ruse IPA, 45th and Stark. Uh, 45th and Stark. You, were, was... you brought this in to be the beer of the week and then changed your mind when we decided to do this podcast. So. Yeah, just because I know that the that this, along with another hazy double IPA from them that I can't remember the name, my apologies, um, had just dropped, and I don't even know... I don't even know if you can get this at the stores. I imagine this will only be at Belmont Station for their anniversary, or you can go down to Ruse and pick it up. But this is kind of what sparked this whole tasting room idea, was like, well, Ruse just put out a new can. There's new stuff all the time. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Yeah. And so that- It's an excuse to drink five beers in a podcast. Yeah, Let's yeah. And it. so that's kind of what, what sparked it into my mind. Uh, I was fortunate enough to talk to Devin yesterday about this beer because there's not- much info on the can about it, but it's 6.8%. He said it's got uh, good amounts of citra and centennial and amarillo in it. Um, just a very classic West Coast IPA. Apparently when they went to Belmont Station and said, you know, what kind of beer would you like us to make for your anniversary party? And they were like, we just want a simple, plain West Coast IPA. And here we are. So this is... I just took my first smell and sip. The smell is intoxicating. That is one of the best smelling beers I've smelled in a long time. It is like hop central, but fresh. Mm -hmm. But it's, I didn't want to say the word fresh hop because that has a distinctive smell. Right. But it uh, because this was just canned, you can tell in the nose of the beer. Now, 422. When you say that was three days ago. Yeah. When you say <laughs> West Coast IPA, I think super bitter. This is not super bitter. So this is, I get a lot of hop flavor, but it's balanced, too. It's really, really nicely balanced. Um, and I, I'm surprised by that when you say they wanted a West Coast IPA and I get this. I'm happy about it because I like more balanced IPAs. But, I mean, wow. This is really, really good. I know Ruse gets a lot of hype and a lot of people talk about it. I've only been to Ruse once and I've only had Ruse beer once. And we were kind of loaded when oh. we were there. <laughs> Do I remember a thing about that other than sitting awkwardly at a, at a stool? No. Um, <laughs> this is delicious. This is really, really good. And I know Ruse is not exactly in the most convenient location for most listeners, most people out there, unless you live in like Milwaukee or Southeast, like Powell area, Portland. Yeah, they're like 17th and Holgate. Um, it's not super convenient, <clears throat> but if you haven't been out to Ruse yet, go out to Ruse, please. Yeah, it's right off the max line on 17th, right uh, in between Holgate and uh, Highway 99. They have a giant parking lot. To park in, so parking's really easy. I know that's, I mean, it's not a big deal to me, but it's a big deal for some people. So the parking lot's there, it's right there, easy, accessible. Uh, usually on the weekends, they get a food truck, um, you know, and it's like minors till seven, something like that. And then it's not a very large place, it's pretty small. No, but it's like, it's hip, it's chic, it's like really nice. In it looks there. like a new brewery. Yeah. You know, it exposed the ceilings and <laughs> yeah. wood and, but there's and all some that cool kind of stuff. artwork on it. They got a giant TV in there to watch sports if the sports games are on. 
Uh, and yes, those sports those games. sports games. I, I love how we are diehard sports fans, and sometimes I get on this podcast and I speak like I've never watched a game of sports in my life. <laughs> well, hey, any any beer listeners out there who don't watch sports will relate. To yeah, them. they're like, I love that guy. Well, don't listen to my baseball show. Yeah, <laughs> or, <laughs> or we or talk do. about soccer. <laughs> um, uh, and then Sean and Devin are just great guys. They they are fantastic brewers. You know, they started at Culmination. Um, with this project of Ruse, and they've got their own place now, and I think they work really hard, and I think their palates are great. They understand the market, uh, and they don't just do hoppy beers. Um, they have some really great saisons and sours and barrel aged stuff, and and light beers and dark beers. They're they're all over the place. They're a complete brewery. Uh, and this, getting back to this beer, is maybe one of my favorite beers I've ever had from them. They have a current beer out called Phantom Shore right now, which is a which is a pale ale that's also really nice. And I fell in love with Roos because of Translator, which is their house IPA. This right here is tasting so nice. I think the the aromatics and the bitterness that comes from the Centennial hops are playing really well with the citric character to it. Um, Ooh, I think, you said you were going to research. <laughs> I I think this I think this. Uh, I think this beer is really nice. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, um, I think if I'm Belmont Station and I taste this beer, and this is the beer you made for our anniversary party, and we asked you to make a West Coast IPA, I could not be happier I'm thrilled. to have this beer. Yeah, I'm yeah. thrilled. And uh, what was the one? Ooh, I can't remember. We had it for Beer of the Week once. What was the beer made for Cerevesa? That was a really good West Coast IPA, too. Bang the Drum Slowly by Ex Novo. Ah, yes. I like that Orange one a lot. Orange Can with the Deer. I like that one a lot, yeah, too. Yeah, that one was really good. It's interesting. <laughs> Look at these like anniversary beers right. just knocking it out of the park. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's interesting that breweries will make these one-offs for these places or events and they make some of their best beer for it. Like, I know. Save it. Do that and, and <laughs> make that your flagship. Yeah. I mean, like, your flagship's great, too, but this is amazing. Like, sell this more often. I know. It's funny. But I, it creates buzz. I get it. I, mean, yeah, I got a little taste of it, but I didn't get a whole bottle. There was um, a few years ago for Belmont's anniversary, uh, DeGarde made a beer for them, The Station. And it was, you know, barrel-aged sour with, like, blackberries or something like that. And I had a taste of it, and it was just like, good God. This is amazing. Really? Yeah, so it's funny how, like... Because I've been to the guard once. I don't think I tried beers there because, well, I didn't like sours back then. I... Yeah, that's the wrong brewery for you, my friend. Well, we went because uh, one of my mom's friends requested a beer from there. Oh, okay. He was a big beer guy, and he heard yeah. of it, and he's a big sour guy. Right now, he actually works at a sour-only brewery in Denver. Oh. Um, he used to live in New Jersey. So, uh, it's... What is it called? I just... My mom was wearing their hoodie when I was there this past weekend. I can't remember what the name of it is, but um, we went there for that, and she picked up a beer, and that was fine. Cool spot, too. Yeah. Like in the middle of nowhere, but cool spot. Oh, did you go to their old tasting room or their new tasting room? A couple of years ago. It's probably the old one. Probably the old one, yeah. The new one's moved to downtown. Oh, yeah. This yeah. was like out up this random farm road, yeah. and it was yeah. like behind <laughs> yeah. the Aviation Museum mm -hmm, in Tillamook. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was fun. You had to really kind of know where you were going. Yeah. But anyway, like like that beer was fantastic as well. So maybe we just need people to do more celebrations and people to make beers specifically for these celebrations, and uh, we get awesome stuff. So this is number one on the list right now. So I'm going to go Ruse, Pills, and then Mexican Lager in one, two, three ranking order. At the moment, that, uh, I mean, my God, that's one of the best IPAs I've had in a long time. Yeah, I'm probably going to go the Pills, this IPA, and then Mexican Lager. Pills still first for you? It's just so good. I it mean, is good, but this is, I, I mean. Would, I would rather drink this Ruse IPA than the Heater Island Pills, but the Heater Island Pills is a, is a damn good beer. And they both are. I know. But you just said you'd rather drink the one you're putting in second. Yeah. Just because of what I want doesn't make it the best and that's no All offense around. because this because this beer is great i just i just think that heater allen pills is fantastic okay. all right well that's all. they're both very good so try this uh go down to ruse or if it's on shelf soon or go to belmont station i'm sure it'll be there uh 45th and stark a dynamite balanced west coast ipa with i'm not kidding that is the best smelling ipa i've 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 tasted in a long time I don't know which hop it is that the perfume is coming out of that beer, but oh my god. I got very excited when we took that sip. Um, the next beer is Hair of the Dog Polka Dot IPA. A lot of their hoppies are a colored dot. Hoppies? Yeah, they're hoppy beers. They're hoppies. <laughs> are a colored dot. There's green dot, um, blue dot, 
um, things like that. I had never seen a polka dot okay. before. So, so pretty new then? Must be a brand new beer. It was canned on the 4th. Okay. 24th. 24th. Ooh, that's a day ago. That is a day ago. I can't tell. It's kind of uh, on the edge there. Um, but created with playful intentions, this beer is made with Pilsner and oat malts, thirst quenching and satisfying. We use whole Northwest hop flowers to leave a lasting impression of nature. Get up out of that seat and move your feet. Polka dot makes you want to dance. I'm a little confused by the description of what I'm about to taste because at first it didn't sound like an IPA and then they made it sound like, like a fresh hop IPA. Yeah, yeah. They have. Well, it sounds like... If what I'm reading they're alluding to, they used whole cone hops. Okay. So they're not fresh hops, but they are whole leaf hops instead of the pellets. Okay, that's different? Yeah. Um, What does that do normally to the flavor of the beer? Well, the whole whole leaf, I get just a lot more kind of a little more vegetative, a little more grassy, a little more earthy characteristics out of it because it's not this like condensed hop pellet. It's this actual, it's the actual flower itself. Gotcha. So... I don't know, but it can all come out differently. Depends on how you use it. In my experience of Hair of the Dog hoppy beers, I expect this to be pretty malty. Um, I would be surprised if it wasn't. Okay. Um, That's just my experience with Blue Dot. Um, I did see, I think it's Green Dot. They had Green Dots in cans too, and I almost grabbed that one. But it's like 11.5% because it's a triple IPA. Woof. And so I said, uh, I'm going to pass on that one. If we're doing multiple beers, we should not have 11%. Yeah, and I really wanted to do the Bear Lake uh, double yum. So I knew I already had kind of a, a big boy. But anyway, here goes Polka Dot. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit nervous about this one. I've, uh, I don't want to be like super negative about any brewery on this podcast. but And this, is, this has nothing to do with the beer there yeah i went to hair of the dog once it said seat yourself and a server will come to you oh i've heard this story we sat there for 45 minutes not one person came up to us and we even went to the bar and they were like nothing they just grumbled at us and i went so cool great experience thanks and we left and we never went back. So I actually don't think I've ever tried Hair of the Dog beer, but I had the most negative service experience of my life at Hair of the Dog. That's too bad. Yes. Uh, I've only been there a couple times. I'm not into old world beer. So their styles that they make, I know they've been around one of the longest breweries in Portland. Uh, they're just not my beers. It's like if you like, you don't like sours, so I probably wouldn't take you to Cascade right. or to Guard. Like that'd be tough. Right. If you don't like, you know, if you don't like Saisons and stuff like that, the Commons wasn't a place for you. Uh, so that's just kind of what I mean. It doesn't take away from the fact that people make good beer. Can there be a brewery that like really specializes in dark beer? I feel like that doesn't really exist. I don't know if it would sell. This beer is hazy, Michael. Oh, God. <sighs> oh, God. Don't get me... <laughs> don't get me started on this, and don't give me the more negatives. Stop with the negatives. <laughs> you should have chosen the green dot. Yeah, I know, right? I'll tell you what, though. This hazy is darker than any hazy I've seen. Well, you said it would be maltier, right? Yeah, that's what I would expect. And the smell is very vegetal. You are is correct. It? it smells like uh, an old an old field that you played at in camp when you got muddy because you were diving around being a stupid kid. <laughs> um, well, is it actually a hazy? doesn't taste like a hazy. Hmm. This beer is kind of malty. That does not I, taste like a hazy at all. But I kind of like this beer. Really? Yeah. Um, it is very malty. I do like the vegetal aspect of it. It reminds me of uh, that Ex Novo fresh hop we did in like episode six where I freaked out about it. Um, it's a little low carb. There, there's that is there's there is something missing from it on the back end. The back end to me is like a nothing. It just kind of drops off. It's just done. And I like to have a little something at the back end of my palate, but a very vegetal smell, which I, I guess maybe for some people is not a great thing. I don't mind it. And I do get a lot of the, the flop, the flop, the hop flower, mm-hmm. not the flop power. The hop flower is very prominent in this beer. I can taste it throughout. Uh, it is malty. It's balanced. There's, mm-hmm. no, I would say almost no bitterness in this beer at all. Yeah, it's um, very light. That's true. The bitterness. I don't, I don't know what makes it look hazy. Maybe it's the flower or... I mean, I guess it could just be the way they brewed it, but yeah, who knows? Um, it doesn't taste hazy. No, it doesn't taste hazy at all. It is definitely malty. Um, I would, if there was anything, I just want more carbonation. 
Yeah, it is very low carbonated. Yeah, it tastes kind of flat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's me. I don't. I don't hate this beer. No, I don't. I, was, I, don't, I don't hate. I it was a little worried about this beer. This but was I my because I wanted to try it. I was least excited about this beer of all the beers that you brought in. Um, and it's funny. It's purely from a service standpoint. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I've never had a hair of the dog beer. Oh, really? Because that was when we went to go try beer. Mm-hmm. We were. It was one of the first times my wife and I explored the non-Pearl District breweries. Because when gotcha. we first lived downtown, we lived downtown. Mm-hmm. So it was easy to walk over there and try those breweries. And we're like, oh, well, you know, I, I saw hair of the dog was over there. And we, we kind of just were wandering around that area of town. And ever since then, I never tried it. So... I'm surprised in a positive way. I just, I think you should go back to Hair of the Dog and try it because I think am I gonna sit there for 45 minutes and not get served? That I can't guarantee. <laughs> I don't really know. I haven't been there in years. Uh, but I think they have a lot of beers you would really dig. They're hmm. definitely a malt forward brewery. Um, I call them like old world. You know, they make a lot of just old world recipes. Stuff that before <laughs> I'm just uh, so scarred, Patrick. <laughs> stuff that before refrigeration and before carbonation, like. People in like King Arthur's court would drink those kinds of beers. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't hate this beer. No. I might even put it ahead of the Mexican nah. I don't know. Where would you rank this in, in yours? Is this fourth oh, out of the four? Oh yeah, for me, yeah. It's 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 I I prefer the other ones. The other ones kind of lean more towards my palate. Um, but I don't think this beer I think if this beer had a little more carbonation. Um, and a little more kind of finish on the back end, I think this beer would be pretty good. I'm going to put this ahead of the Ruben lo- the Lager. Um, and like I said, it's not anything against that beer necessarily. It is uh, just not that. That style of beer is not what I love. So although it's crisp and refreshing, there's something in it that's not great to me. And I've grown to actually appreciate this kind of vegetal hop flavor that comes in these kind of beers. Yeah. And because it's a little bit malty, I enjoy it a little bit too. So I'm not super opposed to this beer. So I'll put it third out of our out of our four that we've tried so far. Somebody also uh does not agree with that from the actions you just did. <laughs> yeah. Um I will uh let's moving on. We will go to our last beer here. Berlick Beer Company. It's a super yum. Soft and juicy hazel hazy double eye India pale ale with citra mosaic amarillo and Vic secret hops. This is Berlick soft and juicy double yum double hazy IPA. Vic secret hops. I don't know much about the hop. I've had it a couple times. I know it's really polarizing. Polarizing. Yeah, I know some people that are like, I love Vic secret, and then other people are like, no one should ever make a beer with Vic secret again. Where is it from? I don't know anything about the hop. Hmm. I don't. Because I I know the uh, Southern Hemisphere hops have been very popular lately. I'm noticing a ton of beers using the New Zealand hops, a ton. Um, I'd be interested if that was a local beer or a local hop, I should say. Vic's Secret? Well, yeah. I'll look it up. Okay. Um, I love, love this can. It's so cool. Because it's bubble yum in the logo, just double yum. And for those of us who played baseball when we were kids, we all know all about this color Vic's in this logo. is Australian. Southern Hemisphere, there you go. Pineapple, pine, passion fruit. Pineapple. That's the flavor's lighter than the ones you will find in Galaxy Hops. So what are, for those out there who don't know, because that's me, what are the most common Southern Hemisphere hops that are being used right now? Galaxy sounds like one, right? Galaxy's a big one. People love Galaxy. Um, I'm all about, and I get I get some decent exposure to it because of, because of the cats that I work for. So I don't know how many other people use these, but um, I've been exposed to uh, the Galaxies of the world, um, Waimea, Rakao. Wakatu, those are all some kind of really cool Southern Hemisphere hops that I really, really dig. I've heard of Waimea and Wakatu. It's because you guys made the beer based on the Wakatu. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But uh, but I am I am all about them. I this, dig them. This beer also has a very vegetal smell to it. Take a, take a sniff of, uh, of the nose of this beer. It's very vegetal as well. Um, I'm curious about this because this looks like orange juice. This is the hazy that I'm expecting when I get a hazy beer. It's yep. got that, like, it's a little bit more like grapefruit juice, I guess. It's a little bit paler, but um, it has that look to it, but it smells very, very vegetal to me. I would agree. It's very juicy. Um, I'm definitely getting pineapple. 
which is always a little tough for me because I really, really don't like pineapple. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I really like don't like pineapple. Um, yeah, this is a hazy. This is a hazy. And it is, you are right, it's very juicy. I'm getting some bitterness from it, which is nice. The carbonation um, on this is a little bit low, too. This one's a little low, too. I would agree with that. Um, I think, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, I can taste the booze. It's 8%. I can taste that. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think part one... of that's the carbonation a little bit, too. It yeah. doesn't, it's not masking Yeah, if it. it was more bubbly. Think about if you get, like, a mimosa mm-hmm. or a, any juice cocktail. The juice doesn't mask the booziness. It just makes it easier to not have a shot of it. Right. That's kind of how I feel with this beer. Yeah, yeah. I think, if, yeah, if the carbonation level was up a little bit, it would hide it. That's what I always think is so scary and dangerous about... <laughs> so scary. I'm so scared. It's so scary and dangerous about... Uh... Did you hear our reaction to seeing a hazy last time? <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no, damn it! Uh, is these hazy double IPAs, that's what they're so good at. They're good at hiding the ABV being so high and i wish i knew why there are so many hazy doubles out there you know i feel like the the because it's a popular style and a popular style together but why is it the double ipa why do we want this hazy juice that's eight percent well i think people like double ipas because people like the bang for their buck there's no denying that well i mean that's part of it but i also think Sometimes with double IPAs, you get a lot less of the bitterness with that hop character. So if you like the hop flavor, Mm -hmm. but you don't like the bitterness, a double IPA is like right up your comfort zone. Yeah, because that sweetness will kind of... My wife loves double IPAs because she is not super into bitter beer, but she likes IPAs, and it kind of gives her both of what she's looking for. So that's popular... And hazies, of course, despite Mm -hmm. our dislike of them, are popular. Yeah, that's true. There is great hop character in this beer. Um... It, it's all on the back end because it's like juice, 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 and then I taste the pineapple. Yep, and, and then, then it's, it's a hops, little, hops, hops. little hops at the bitterness of the end for me. This is one of the better hazy doubles I've had. I've never had a hazy double. This is my first. Hazy oh, double, okay. But um, this isn't swinging me towards hazy IPAs or hazy doubles. No, we've had a couple of good hazies lately. Yeah, you said Barrel like did one for you. Um. And we talked about the Lewitt one the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. So there's been a couple that I've enjoyed. Uh, be honest, this is not one that's going to swing me towards hazies either. It's not either. I like the pineapple. It's it's unique. I th- I think that if you are a hazy drinker out there, especially a double hazy drinker out there, this beer is probably perfect for you. I think there is some... I think the hop character of this is really nice. But I agree with you that it's a little undercarbonated, but I think hazy drinkers are okay with that. Um, I'm not a big pineapple person, but I know most people are. So that's going to check that box. You're going to get your bang for your buck. The artwork is phenomenal. Yes. Very nostalgic. I think for what this beer is as a double hazy IPA, I think it checks the boxes. I think this is boom, 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 boom. Okay. It just doesn't speak to us. Yeah. Like this is where it would be really easy to say this is my least favorite beer of all five we had, but that's, it's my least favorite beer i don't think it's the worst beer we've had today the the thing that we have said on this podcast many many a times and although we are hosting it and and talking and you are consuming it in whatever way you are uh is that we are all all allowed to have different palettes yep we We all all have have different different palettes and we are all allowed to like different styles of beer Mm -hmm. and we try not to be critical of it i think hazies are fun to poke fun at which is why both of us do it. it's low-hanging fruit but if you ah fruit <laughs> but if you like hazies we're not going to hate you for it or no, say no, no. you're an idiot for it your palate's different you yeah. enjoy what you enjoy and that's cool and, and patrick's right if if you're into double hazies which i didn't actually know was a thing uh then this might actually be great and from what we've said on this podcast before barrelic does great beer uh-huh. so it's not out of the realm of possibility that you will absolutely fall head over heels for this beer yeah i think if you're a hazy drinker you should go out and get this beer Instantly. Yeah, it's kind of like what I was saying, you know, this this Ruse 45th and Stark, the Belmont Station Anniversary Ale IPA, that beer talks to me the most out of all five. Same, actually. However, I think this Heater Allen Pills might be the best beer on the table. But that's also because, you know, Ruse is doing this one-off. Heater Allen's been making this Pilsner for years. You know, they've got that kind of dialed in. And so even though I gravitate towards the IPA, I can still sit here and say that this pills is 
the best beer on the table. Just because I don't want this double hazy IPA doesn't mean it's a bad beer. To recap the beers that we tried today, we had the Rubens Mexican Lager. We had the Heater Allen Pills. We had the Ruse 45th and Stark IPA made for Belmont Station. We had the Hair of the Dog Polka Dot IPA. And the uh, Berelic Soft and Juicy Double Yum Double Hazy IPA. Those are the five that we had. Uh, if you go find those and try them yourselves after listening to the podcast, let us know on social media. At Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter is me. And Patrick is at pdiddy 85 on Instagram. Coming up next, we got one more beer to drink. I'm the most excited about this one. I'm and, even glad because it's kind of warmed up, too. Oh, interesting. Uh it's a brewery we've done now multiple times, I think, for Beer of the Week. Yeah, I just I saw these beers that we were doing for the Actually, taste. Actually, last week's Beer of the Week was this brewery. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. Oh, whoops. Well, I was looking at all these cans, and I was like, oh, these are what I want to do for the tasting room. What are we going to do for Beer of the Week? Because I was going to do the Ruse beer as the Beer of the Week, but I thought it would be fun to do this tasting room thing. And, and so I was looking around, I was like, okay, let's find something different. And I saw this, and I think it's got a cool story attached to it. So I thought it'd be fun. Oh, yeah, and... Uh, if you if you have any beer suggestions that are new on the shelves, that's the key for this tasting room series within the podcast. Let us know, and uh, we'll grab those if we can find them at our various bottle shops that we frequent, and uh, add them into our next episode, which will probably be I don't know five six weeks from now. So um, yeah, there's tasting room number one. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Coming up next, beer of the week here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Because we haven't had enough beer today. We've already had five. Let's have a sixth. This is uh, culmination brewing for the second week in a row. I know. I didn't even think about it. I just, the can talked to me. Last year we had, or last year, <laughs> last week we had the Evergreen Amber or the, Red. Yeah, the, the Doug Fur beer. The Doug Fur Lounge mm-hmm. beer. It was a thing called the Evergreen Red. Quite good. I'm a big Red fan, mm-hmm. um, despite what we've said about them being kind of basic beers. I thought that was really, really good. So culmination again, what what beer do we have right here, Patrick? Today we have Multnomah County Stout, which is Woo! a bourbon barrel-aged stout, Woo! conveniently packaged in a 16-ounce can. Woo! Uh, I, have not, I think I've had this beer before tasting at culmination. But I can't. But I couldn't be sure. I grabbed it because I thought it was extremely different from what we've done uh, for for today. So that's kind of what drew me to it. It was canned on March twenty second. Um, it's around a month, but it's bourbon barrel aged stout. Yeah, so. so you're not too worried about it. No. Um, but what I love about this, what cracks me up with Conrad about this, is Multnomah County Stout is a one hundred percent direct shot at Goose Island's Bourbon County series. Uh, Goose Island, the brewery in Chicago. Yes. Have this. I had a Goose Island beer at Yankee Stadium, actually. That was the one that I had. Have this world-famous reputation of Bourbon County. It's this stout program they've been doing for a decade or so. And, you know, it's really popular. People trade them and do all kinds of stuff on the interwebs with them. And you do verticals and all this kind of stuff. It's like one of probably the most prominently hyped bourbon barrel-aged series of any brewery in America. Okay. Uh, and so why not take a shot at them? Because they're owned by AB and Bev now. So why not take a shot at them? And that's classically what this is at Multnomah County Stout. Well, I'm very excited to try this. I have not had a bourbon barrel-aged stout from Culmination before. Last time we found ourselves there was actually not for the podcast, was it? I think we went there for like 30 minutes for a separate reason. But um, the uh, I tried their breakfast stout, which was interesting. Or it was called like the morning stout or something. Was that the blonde one? Yeah, it was blonde. And then uh, I tried a different dark beer, but it was not this. So I'm uh, very intrigued by this beer. I love how I poured just a small sample and you're just after it. Well, I mean, it's I a bourbon, bourbon barrel well, stout. And I realize I need more because I'm going to need to be able to smell this. And <laughs> Holy V. Mm. Cool can. You mm. know, I mean, culmination does really cool stuff. Now that smells delicious. Trying to see 11% alcohol. Oh boy. <laughs> it doesn't give us anything else. Six beers right. deep, 11%. Let's go. Yeah. Now, the best keep, keep in mind, we did not finish any of the beers. No, no. We have been taking uh, half quarter cups here. So, do you want to know which one's the lowest? I'm going to assume the, the pills. It's the ruse. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh, yes, our favorite. Culmination's not far behind. Well, I just poured a half pint for myself, so. 
I get really the bourbon character obviously comes through big, really, really big and strong. Mmm, smells delicious. Yo, I haven't even tasted it yet. I'm just keep is... smelling it. Okay, all right, <laughs> Mike, all right, all right. Let me get in my seat. Let me get situated here. I've got things to say. So right off the top, you get that delicious bourbon smell. Okay, which you get with bourbon barrel aged stouts. The f- the front end of the palate is chocolatey and sweet, which kind of hits a lot of what I like. And you are going to be surprised at the back end. It is smoky. Ooh. It is Ooh. like, it is just like smoke. Like you're having barbecue at the back end of that. So this is basically a smoky, bourbony chocolate stout. It is delicious. This is really nice. Yeah. That is a great observation. That smoky characteristic and it's in the smooth. back. It's not oh, really. Oh, yeah. Super smooth. It's sometimes not, it's not with, astringent. It's not harsh. Sometimes with the BBA stouts, you get that really alcoholic quality to it. Right. Like it a lot. Yeah, this is really smooth. This comes through nicely. It's the 2018 batch, so I don't know if that means they were put in barrels in 2018. But I think the most notable quality about this beer is the smokiness at the end. And it kind of lingers with it, too. It kind of sticks around in your palate. I don't think you get, with bourbon barrel-aged stouts, a lot smokiness. I don't think that's a flavor you get a lot in those stouts. No, I don't think so. You always get get the chocolatey, the roasty, the booze aspect, of course, and then, you know, if anybody's... Throwing any adjuncts, vanilla, cinnamon, etc. Those tend to be the prominent flavors. But yeah, that smoky character is really, really nice. And the body, the body of this beer isn't really heavy either. I mean, obviously, it's got some girth to it. It is a bourbon barrel aged stout at eleven point six for crying out loud. Girth. But uh, the body itself is 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 smooth. It's palatable. It's it's not rich. Well, it's rich in flavor, but it's not rich in like textured body. Yeah, this is very rich. This is actually for a guy who who lives and dies bourbon barrel aged stouts. This is one of the richer ones I've had in terms of flavor. Flavor. Um, this is a slow drinker for sure. If you get this in the snifter, you're going to take a little while to drink this beer. But uh, in terms I of, the, I think the warmth has really helped this beer too. Yeah, because it's been sitting out since we started recording. But I think if you. Excuse me. There's almost no alcoholic boozy flavor. Whoa. <laughs> Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. <laughs> it worked out naturally. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm six beers in right now. Um, there's no boozy flavor in this, which I think sometimes BBA stouts fall victim to just because of the process of making that beer. Right. I don't get the booze. I get a smell of bourbon, which is the only time I get it. The the booziness, I mean, I get the chocolatey and I get the smoky, and that's it. I think I think that's a really great point. Um, the the nose on it is heavy bourbon. You know, there's definitely some bourbon roastiness going on in this. I get I get some bourbon flavor in the body or in in the palate. Yeah, I get a little bit too. But I would agree in the sense that this beer doesn't taste eleven point six. Um, it tastes more like maybe like a nine five. Maybe even a little less. Which means it, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's just really, really smooth. And like I was saying, you know, rich flavor, but not rich body. And that's kind of nice. And I think that's a little hard to do with these beers because they're just built to be, you know, massive body crushers. Well, there's our beer of the week. It is Culmination's Multnomah County Stout, a direct shot at Goose Island's uh, Bourbon County Stout. It is quite delicious. It is a very unique BBA stout. I've not had many that have the smoky flavor, so I I am very, very happy with this beer. Um, Let us know if you've had any of these six beers since you've listened to the podcast. Let us know on social media. At Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter is me. Patrick is at PDiddy085 on Instagram. And you can find the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, 1080thefan.com, radio.com, and Stitcher. Not sure what we're doing next week yet. We have toyed around with the idea of doing that music and beer podcast. Yep, that could be fun. I need to confirm that with Gustav at 94.7 before we do that. We've been doing the toying around with the idea of brewery names, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, beer, beer names. names. And uh, our next location podcast is in the works. It might be Ruse. Uh, it might be our Oregon City one where we go to Coin Toss and Oregon City Brewing. Um, was there anything else? Uh, I think that was kind of our... 
I think that's kind of what we got in our the interim. Yeah, yeah. And we got another style coming up soon, too. Wit was just last week, so we got some time until that. But that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks as well. So uh, if you got any preferences for what you want us to do, let us know, too. That's fine, because we're kind of up in the air at this point. And if you enjoyed the tasting room, we're going to do more of these. It's just fun. It's fun yeah. to try different new beers that you've never tried before, and it's a great way to help promote these breweries that are doing new and cool things and versus I, and being that, stuck with what they normally do. And I expect, uh, <clears throat> I expect to see us do a couple, couple of these throughout the summer because I think I feel we see. I think I feel we see. <laughs> those, are the, those are the senses the, and the brain. Yes, um, I believe in the summertime more brands are being released from breweries we're seeing a lot more versatile versatility and packaging and stuff like that so don't be shocked it might be one of those things where it's like hey mike i am at you know cerveza bridgetown right now and they just got a ton of new stuff in let's do it now it might be one of those on the fly kind of things yeah it's gonna it's gonna be like it could even be bonus episodes too True, true. It's going to be like In the Bruise, where Mm -hmm. we're going to do it as a series within the podcast, and we'll do it every once in a while, and maybe it'll be more frequent if there's news or if there's new beer, or we'll go two months without doing it, depending on just Just what's happening in in the world of beer at that point. So anyway, uh, let us know if you want anything that we've mentioned specifically next week. I'm leaning towards doing music and beer, just because that'll be easier to set up for now. We might need to work ahead a bit to set up either of our location podcasts coming up next. But uh, anyway, that's coming up soon for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe, rate, review wherever you find us, and hit us up on social media. And we'll see you next week. Deuces. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 